Welcome to Embedded Edge with Knitin, a podcast that brings to life the stories behind today's embedded systems, technologies, and products. It's the show where you'll hear from both engineers and executives on some of the most topical news and most pressing challenges in the world of embedded system design. Here's your host, Editor-in-Chief of Embedded.com, Nitin Dahad. Hello. Welcome to this edition of Embedded Edge with Nitin. In this edition, we're going to talk about connected things for smart homes and smart cities. And going alongside connectivity, you also have to talk about security. So we'll talk specifically about post-quantum cryptography. The Internet of Things, or IoT, is built on many different connectivity standards. So everyone from the chip designer to the device or end product manufacturer is striving for mass deployment of their product, which means interoperability is vital. In September of this year, Silicon Labs used its annual Works With Developer Conference to announce a number of products designed for some of the standards aiming to enable that interoperability in smart homes and smart cities. The products announced that are specifically for Matter, Amazon Sidewalk, Ysun, and Wi-Fi 6. We caught up with Dhiraj Sagani of Silicon Labs to learn more about these new products and to understand the bigger picture context, where he talks about the focus on simplifying deployment of technologies to help them come together and enable the development of solutions that he calls make life better. You can hear what he had to say in the first section of this edition of the Embedded Edge with Nitin podcast. In the second interview on this podcast, I spoke to Joppe Boss, Senior Principal Cryptographer at NXP Semiconductors, who told me why we should be worried about security in the post-quantum world, but more specifically, what the industry is doing to get ready for the scenario where many of the public key encryption systems in place today could be easily broken by quantum computers. In July of this year, the US National Institute of Standards and Technology, uh, that's NIST, completed the third round of a PQC standardization process it has been working on with industry, selecting four candidate algorithms for standardization. The selected PQC algorithms will be used to develop a new public key encryption standard that is secure against both traditional and quantum computers. One of the algorithms recommended by NIST, the Crystals Kyber algorithm, was submitted by NXP semiconductors along with security experts from IBM and others. Joppe Boss explains the significance of this whole area of PQC and what needs to be considered by 2024 when NIST is expected to draw up draft standards for the first level of post-quantum security. So before we get to Yope Boss of NXP, let's first listen to what Dhiraj Sagani of Silicon Labs had to say about enabling the deployment of IoT-connected devices and Silicon Labs' new products. I'm talking to Dhiraj Sagani, Senior Director of Marketing uh, for Wireless at Silicon Labs. Hi, Dhiraj. Hello. Hi. You've been launching quite a few products here at um, your Works With conference. Can you tell me a little bit about what the overall objective is? 
Uh, sure. So works with is uh, Silicon Labs internal conference, uh, which uh, it's an annual conference. Uh, and uh, it's uh, what we have done this time is we've launched four major products uh, as part of this conference. Uh, first one is a complete matter solution, which includes matter over Wi-Fi, matter over thread, uh, BLE provisioning solution. And it also has a unique Unify SDK, which enables the customers to bridge from Zigbee and Z-Wave to matter. So this is the first uh, announcement that we have made. The second one is uh, related to a complete matter, a complete uh, sidewalk uh, pro kit. Uh, this is for Amazon Sidewalk, where we are providing a complete hardware and software solution, uh, including a kit which is completely pre-registered on the Amazon uh, AWS network so that uh, users can develop their devices easily. The third announcement that we are making is uh, a Wi-Fi 6 plus uh, BLE SOC. This is industry's lowest power Wi-Fi 6 plus BLE, which is uh, ideal for IoT applications. It has an integrated uh, ML accelerator for developing machine learning applications. It has a Cortex-M4 for uh, developing uh, customer applications as well. And overall, we can provide, uh, uh, I would say, uh, 2x the battery life of any closest competitor in the market today. And the fourth solution that we have announced is, uh, 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 in fact, a combo chip, which includes FG25 and EFF01. This is uh, really meant for uh, sub-gigahertz applications. And one of the key applications for this is Wison. And Wison is a network which is meant for smart cities. Uh, and it's something which is getting deployed worldwide. There are almost about 100 million plus units which are already in deployment. And we are one of the board members of the Wison Alliance as well. And uh, we believe that this is something which is going to enable a lot of new applications in municipal kind of networks. And uh, we have already started some deployments with our previous generation chips. And with this chip series, we expect the deployments are going to be much larger. And with this chip, we can also provide almost about three kilometers kind of an uh, range in an urban canyon environment. And we can also provide almost about 10 years of battery life for devices which are battery operated uh, and which are sleepy devices which just need to transmit some information and go back into sleep. I think there's a bigger picture here. It's, it's about, from what I've understood from you, uh, looking at all the different standards uh, in IoT, uh, connectivity standards, and figuring out how they all work together, I guess. Sure. So if you look at uh, overall uh, IoT market, right, of course, a lot of new wireless standards keep coming up all the time. So there are Wi-Fi, there are Bluetooth, BLE, Zigbee, Z-Wave. I'm just naming a few, right? And uh, there are a lot of new ones which keep coming up. So the Matter is, of course, one of the protocols which sits on top of uh, Thread as well as Wi-Fi. Then Wison is a new one. Sidewalk is another one. So Silicon Labs as a company, our focus is to make IoT successful. And uh, in fact, we want to be, we are the leaders in all the wireless connectivity right now. We have the the largest breadth and the depth of the wireless connectivity solutions in the market today. And we want to continue doing so by providing the latest and the greatest wireless solutions to the IoT developers. Um, tell me about some of the other pr new products that are coming out. Uh, sure. So uh, if you look at uh, all of these technologies that we have announced right now, so every technology has a different kind of application. Uh, so if you start off with, for example, our Wi-Fi solution, we have the smart locks, we have sensors, uh, thermostats, all of those are there. In terms of Wison, we have uh, light deployments, right? So it's really meant to be a citywide network. So you know, the solutions can be used for end sensors. It could be either agricultural sensors, it could be water meters, electricity meters, uh, it could be lighting. And eventually the goal is to make sure that all of these devices can be 
be controlled and monitored. That way we can reduce the overall wastage in a, an environment as well, right? So then, uh, of course, when you start talking about matter, there are a lot of other applications in matter. Again, the sensors are there, locks are there. A lot of people who are trying to do home uh, IoT device development, they are uh, deploying matter. Uh, light bulbs are another, uh, is another application because matter overall is going to simplify the uh, deployment of IoT devices in a home environment. Uh, the One of the biggest challenges in the home environment today is there are just too many ecosystems, too many protocols. Matter is a perfect bridge, which is bridging different protocols and different ecosystems, making the deployment of these IoT devices much simpler. Okay, and uh, with Sidewalk, I think you, at the moment, you're the only ones who are actually providing that third-party kit uh, for, 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 for Sidewalk development, is that right? Uh, yes, the complete kit, uh, we are the only ones who are providing the complete kit right now. And uh, so this includes a hardware solution, a software solution, as I indicated earlier. It, so the kit is also completely pre-registered. It has a pre-burned flash image. It's pre-registered on the AWS network. So this provides a complete solution to the customer to really develop a complete IoT application for Amazon Sidewalk. And we are closely working with Amazon. And Amazon is focusing more on their own devices, which will be acting as routers. So things like, for example, Echo devices or Ring uh, cameras and multiple other devices. Uh, and they're working uh, closely with partners like Silicon Labs to enable the third-party developers who will be developing the applications or the devices which connect to these border routers or routers, which eventually will connect to the AWS network. What excites you most about oh, everything you're doing at the moment? Uh, so the, the biggest thing which really excites me is uh, uh, I, I'm a you know, kind of engineer at heart. I'm a techie, right? So overall, there are a lot of developments which are happening uh, in the technology field, which overall I think will simplify our own life. I think that's really, really what is exciting me right now, right? So uh, there are things, for example, when you're talking about bulbs and all of that stuff, this is really all about improving your own lifestyle. So this is something, getting all of these things deployed, monitoring those things, that's something which simplifies your life. And another thing which also is that it's going to enable conservation of energy which is there as well which is because we are wasting a lot of stuff today if you start looking at things which are around you like energy is there water is there everything is getting wasted by deploying these solutions you should be able to conserve a lot of this stuff which is eventually going to be beneficial for us as well so all of these technologies coming together helping people out in developing solutions which eventually make life better for everyone that's really what we are after here right? and that's what kind of excites me Rich, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Next, let's turn to Yope Boss at NXP Semiconductors to learn all about the need for post-quantum cryptography and how the industry is working on a pathway to enabling a first line of defense in the post-quantum world. I'm talking to Yoppa Boss, uh, Senior Principal Cryptographer at NXP Semiconductors. Yoppa, hello. Hi, Nathan. We, we talked uh, previously about the, the four new uh, algorithms that uh, NIST has approved for post-quantum cryptography. Can you just give us a quick uh, summary intro of what they are and what they're addressing? Sure. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, so we're talking about post-quantum crypto. So that is cryptography, which is protected against adversaries or attackers um, who have the, the capabilities of running on a quantum computer and running their attacks on a quantum computer and defending uh, against this. And more specifically, this whole NIST competition or the NIST standardization process was looking at public key algorithms. And they looked at two categories, uh, key exchange. So when two parties want to agree upon an shared key, and post-quantum secure digital signatures. 
Okay. And last uh, month they announced the winner. So there was one winner uh, for Key Exchange. So that is where I'm a, a co-author of Crystal Skyber, and three winners in the category of digital signatures. Let's just focus on the uh, Crystal Sky, um, yeah, the Key Exchange, the Crystal Skyber, I guess. Give us a little bit of context of where you would be using that that key exchange cryptography. It's really the same where people would are using now the exchange. So think about the typical Diffie-Hellman use cases based on our classical crypto we run uh, nowadays. So you use pub, the public key component where two parties, for instance, it's a very typical use case, is in a TLS setting where a client and a server would want to agree upon a key, in this case, probably a symmetric key, because encryption decryption with symmetric key crypto is much, much faster than with public key crypto. And then you use this public key algorithm to agree upon a common symmetric key, and then you continue to secure your, your communication from there. And that is exactly the same use case, yeah, which we're looking at here with, for instance, Crystal Skyber, where, yeah, which is just really a drop-in replacement for all the current uh, key exchange algorithms which we have out there nowadays. Interesting. We'll come to drop-in replacement in a little while, but um, was there anything uh, in terms of... Um a challenge to make this very safe in the post-quantum world? I mean, what are the key things that you need to consider? So I think there were, there were lots of, and there are even lots of challenges to make this practical. So first and foremost, of course, this whole selection process of finding new post-quantum secure or quantum safe algorithms was about security. So it needed to be secure against algorithms which can run on a quantum computer. So that means we needed to find new, or not we, but of course we needed to build upon the work of many, many academic researchers before us, which already looked at hard problems from different domains. So for instance, if we look at the currently widely deployed public key crypto, we have RSA that's built upon the, the belief to be hard mathematical problem of integer factorization, and many of the ECC schemes built upon the discrete log problem. But we know that it's easy to solve these problems and easy meaning in polynomial time uh, when you have access to a quantum computer. Now you need yeah, some different type of hard problem. And for Crystal Skyber, that comes from a yeah, family which is called lattice-based crypto. And more specifically for this, it's from uh, yeah, learning with errors family of problems. And for this problem, yeah, we simply do not know any better way of solving it or any very fast way of solving it using a quantum computer. And that's why it makes it, it's a very suitable problem to build uh, crypto systems on. Moreover, and that of course is almost equally important, um, once you build your crypto systems, they need to be able, you need to be able to implement it efficiently and to run it efficiently. And that is exactly of this specific variant of the learning with errors problem. So you have the ring learning with errors and the module learning with errors. What makes it so interesting is because things get much smaller compared to the regular learning with errors problem. Instead of working with a large matrix, you work with one polynomial uh, or multiple polynomials. And this allows you not only get things smaller, but it also allows you to compute with much faster algorithms. For instance, we work with polynomials from some certain polynomial ring in mathematics, and that will allow you to actually compute an NTT, which is just a fast Fourier transform in this ring. And there are all these fast mathematical algorithms um, and all these fast 
implementations uh, for these objects, which then in turn makes these implementations significantly faster than their standard counterpart. However, yeah, compared to RSA and ECC, um, there are of course a lot of downsides um, mm. in terms for many of the schemes in terms of performance. So that is, I think, for Crystal Skyber, yeah, really one of the upsides. It is really, really fast, but up most definitely in terms of memory usage and key sizes. So one of the big reasons we moved from RSA to ECC is because the key sizes were significantly smaller. And now we go completely in the opposite direction. Our, for Kyber, we're looking at key sizes over a kilobyte. Wow, so, okay. so that is really significantly bigger than, than RSA, where we're talking about kilobit. This is the first stage where the, 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 the algorithms are chosen, but they're expected to be standardized by 2024. What are customers needing to do now? And what's the migration path to ensure that they have this in place? And and do customers also, by the way, you know, before we get to that, do customers have an appetite to actually consider doing that when it's going to be two years away? Yeah, that's that's very interesting question indeed. We see a lot of customers already who came to us at NXP asking um, how we are prepared because we are of course at the start of the chain when um, so we build the secure elements, we build the secure platforms, which go to our OEMs, which go in turn then to to the final products. Think about. Uh, automotive, but also think about in the financial industry and think about smart cards uh, and, and industrial IoT devices. And some companies already started to investigate and build roadmaps to comply with these new uh, standards, which indeed are expected to come out in, in 24. A lot of the, the big security or the minded companies, of course, started to awake now uh, this summer after the announcement of NIST. And they are indeed really looking at how can we migrate and when should we migrate. So some companies have their own plans. Uh, other companies really look at regulations from governments. So we see the US has laid down migration paths, uh, the French government, the German government. And there, of course, it really depends on your use case and how long the data you are handling with your product uh, needs to be protected. Think, for instance, automotive. Hardware we design now will probably hit the market between three to five years, and it stays in the market for at least a decade. And uh, yeah, according to many estimates, that is a realistic time frame when we actually can see quantum computers capable enough to break our classical crypto now. So, so that is the migration path we're looking at. But then many, many people are considering hybrid schemes in, in the initial period, meaning combining classical crypto, RSA and ECC, together with post-quantum crypto. And I think now in the scientific community, there's a big debate or investigation. What is the best way of actually achieving this? Because in practice, this has a lot of applications uh, or implications because you need to have multiple key pairs uh, stored on your embedded device, which need to compute on this. And it will have imp implications on high assurance implementations as well. We need to protect in many of our products, um, not only do we need to guarantee functional safety and security, but also protect against advanced attacks like side channel attacks and fault attacks. And of course, yeah, all the design choices uh, in, within this migration path will have a massive impact here. Okay, so that's the migration path, but is there, how easy or difficult is it for customers to actually migrate to having uh, sort of these algorithms in place for key exchange compared to what they have now? 
So that really depends on their use case and their products, of course. So if you are a cloud provider uh, and you just need to switch your, your crypto library over in the cloud, that is, of course, a completely different scenario than when you have an IoT device or a smart card in your yeah. hand, which needs to be uh, updated to post-quantum crypto at some point in time. Mm. So the biggest problem we see actually is that for many of our use cases, of course, in the in the embedded world, in re resource-constrained devices, yes. is the memory consumption of these post-quantum crypto schemes, especially, so not necessarily for key exchange, but especially in the digital si signature arena, these implementations need a lot of memory, uh, mm. typically around 50 kilobytes, uh, which for smaller IoT devices simply is is way too much, and especially for smart cards. So we have been spending a lot of effort trying to get this down below the eight kilobyte uh, boundary uh, with success. But of course, this comes at a price. The, there will be a performance hit you have to pay, which of course, we then uh, we counter that by adding uh, dedicated hardware for post-quantum crypto, such that again, the, the performance uh, is on the same level as we are expecting, ex uh, yeah, we are expecting now from RSA and ECC. Interesting. So it's 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 very interesting. And for I mean, let's be totally honest. For many of the current devices out there, they will be able, even the resource constrained ones, they will be able to run post quantum crypto. Uh, we are looking at uh, post quantum secure update mechanisms to ensure oh. that they can actually migrate in a secure fashion towards um, this new standard. But for some of the more resource constrained devices, which do not have dedicated hardware. Now, it will be very difficult to migrate. And then for these use cases, you have to wait for new products to come out. Got it. Yeah, so uh, the, the former you can potentially do over-the-air updates, the latter you have to replace uh, physical exactly. products. Exactly. Okay, yeah. very good. Well, Joppe, thank you very much. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks a lot. So that brings us to the end of this episode. That was Embedded Age with Nitin, and I'm Nitin Dahad. Thanks for listening and see you next time.